Let's just get started while this guy's got the jackhammer out. Everybody, welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia, back here in the heart of Arlington County, obviously the heart of the universe. We're in Clarendon. I'm your host, Chris Farley, back again for episode 144, another episode of Pace the Nation. And with us today, a full crew to my right, of course, it's Joanna E. Russo. Joanna, what's up? I only have a few more runs left. Few more runs left before before you foot quit. S- no, oh, that's before right, that's foot right. surgery. Before your foot surgery. That's coming up. Yeah, it's Tuesday. Let's add that to the agenda. I want to talk about that here. So we'll add that to the agenda. We'll talk about that later. Your foot surgery. Uh, let's before we do that though, let's welcome in our other co-host to my left. Of course, it's William B. Docs. Docs, what's up? Remember when uh, Joanna used to do number <laughs> games? Yeah. You know, like like do you know what's significant about this number? You know what's yeah. significant about yeah. this number? Yeah. What's special about one forty four? 144. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite Redskins was uh, his number was 44. Yeah, this is um, 144. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's 144. It's 100 more than that number. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I, I don't have 144. Joanna? Um, it's 12 times 12. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, 12 there squared. You there you go. 12 squared. That's good. All right, we are a math show at times, so mm-hmm. I'm glad we got that. We need to get way. back to our math roots. <laughs> well, we got, That's why we got, I brought that up. That honestly, I didn't comment on the numbers because I don't. I don't honestly know what episode we're on. You don't know how to count past uh, 100. <laughs> well, until you're saving it at the end of the episode, and you're like, "What episode was this?" That's when yeah. I learn what episode. It's it all was. a blur now. Uh, yeah, you're just yeah. you used she's to. She's just care. going through the motions. <laughs> she's just, yeah. yeah, she yeah. doesn't care. Uh, interestingly enough, we started our sh- first show, and I think one of our best discussions was about the Boston Marathon. And we're going to talk some Boston Marathon today. So, Joanna, Quit living in the past. I know. How, yeah, you get excited <laughs> about one. Boston. Uh, you go to the Boston Marathon every year to run the 5K. So get excited about one day. Show. One day you'll work yourself up to a marathon. <laughs> yeah. Get excited about today's show. Today's show, <laughs> director John Dunham will join us. Uh, he directed the documentary... It's entitled Boston. That's the name of the, the documentary. It came out last year, uh, so we're excited to have director John Dunham on the program today. Uh, he'll be joining us on the phone. Does he live in Boston? He did at, to- at one time. Oh. I think his, his production company is L.A. something, so I th- mm. assumed he lived in L.A. But I, I well, that knew- might be a Louisiana. Uh, could, could be because uh, I'm be. I'm still looking for a place to stay in Boston, so I was like, "Oh, let's <laughs> go well." well he, 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 maybe you could he ask him. maybe he owns a place uh, that is sitting vacant. We that do, would be great. I, I do know he lived there uh, when he when he did this uh, documentary or, or film. Okay. So a uh, good question. All right, for Farley, him. finish setting the table, anyway, please. So yes, uh, a lot to get into today. Uh, uh, we have some book talks uh, to get to from Joanna. Excited. We're always excited. Anything to do with books from from her. I have an observation I want to get into. It's not really run, running related, but health related. Uh, and I wanted to get you guys' take on it. Uh, a couple of kudos from last week's show. Whenever we get kudos, I always want to uh, address those and thank the folks who send those in. Uh, and then also, finally, uh, I want to uh, promote an event. So uh, okay. we, uh, we will do that later on the show. 
Uh, so we're going to talk movies today, but mm-hmm. before we do that, I want to talk some TV shows. Well, can before we talk TV shows, which yeah. I want to do, and okay. I'm all okay. in on that topic. Mm-hmm. I'm excited yep. about that, whatever it is. Right. Uh, but just to hop on to your, your point about kudos, mm-hmm. uh, I have two questions. First of all, okay. if you give us a five-star rating on iTunes... We'll talk about that. Yes, good point. Uh, and uh, if you give us a five-star rating on Facebook, we'll talk about that. Yes. Um, I think that we were being, in, in your words, uh, <laughs> what, what words did you use uh, that we were being uh, blackmailed? Oh, what? By, you, well, you claimed we were being blackmailed, which that's not the correct word, but I'm, I'm going to use your word. All yeah. right. I'm a wordsmith. I don't that, remember that, exactly uh, what That Caitlin K was blackmailing us for uh, uh, the five the five-star rating on Facebook that we needed to have a a tweets episode and a happy hour. I believe we have done that. Has she changed her rating yet? Has anybody checked into that? She was holding us hostage. Um, (laughs) I I, I don't remember. I I haven't, I haven't taken a look at that. Can can somebody, can one of our listeners please look at our Facebook page? Steve, can you look at our Facebook page and let us know if Caitlin K has followed through on, on her ransom? Yes. Uh, So (laughs) I, I, I don't know. That's a great question, but I'm glad you brought that up. So if she hasn't, mm-hmm. uh, Caitlin K, get to the uh, keyboard now and do yeah, that. Yeah, Caitlin please. K, let's get on it. Yeah. Uh, let's talk television, yes. though. I, I can't believe that I even, uh, yeah. for a second, might have gotten us off that topic. I know, because you, you know that once you veer off, you might mm-hmm. not ever get back to mm-hmm. it. We and might you, not find the trail again. And Joanna and I don't watch much TV. so Well, you say that, but you watch a you. ton of television. If it's sports-related... You know, I find myself. But when watching. you sit down and watch four straight hours of television to wow. to finish a game, that's a lot well, of television. I, I, you know, I find myself watching my phone again. We we are we are. You, you find yourself watching your watch while watching you're running. My phone, watching my phone, watching. Uh, you can get a lot of these. Uh, so that doesn't count. That doesn't count. Video on your television? phone. It's count. still screen time. It's yeah. not television. You're so that's so stupid. I watched the Wizards game last night on my phone while I was doing some work on my computer. Again, we're trying to sabotage his TV segment here, so uh, let's get back to the TV segment. So, let's talk. It's not TV. my segment. You're the one who said you right, wanted to talk true. TV. I just quickly agreed to it I, before Joanna shot it down. I, I do watch a little, and this is well documented on the show. I watch a little of The Bachelor, or Bachelorette. This season is awful, though. Uh, okay. So reality TV, I do uh, enjoy. You should get your fix with Survivor. Survivor. So maybe, yes. maybe that's why I got it. There's a local person on Survivor yes. this year. Yes. Uh, Brendan Shapiro is mm-hmm. actually uh, he uh, his family owns our uh, he was part of the ownership group who owns our uh, Potomac River Running yes. running store so yeah he's on this year's program and I knew that but I didn't know if the show show premiered started. last oh, night premiered last night you guys okay. can come over to my house today okay. and watch it so you got it on DVR it's, it's yeah. a two hour premiere and I will say that after two hours he's doing very well really he acquitted himself nicely huh. Uh, was he in trouble? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think that, that, uh, in that first episode, the show is brilliant. I love it. And, and, uh, I criticize all of you who criticize me for still watching that. People mm-hmm. are like, Oh, is that show still on? Get o- get over yourself. Uh, I, I love it. And I'll watch every season and I'm, I'm a hundred percent in. I also want to be on the show right. and I'm actually very, so I have mixed emotions. I'm very angry with the producers because they won't even call me. Mm-hmm. So if, if you, Caitlin K, after you're done updating your, your, our Facebook rating, why don't you tweet at Jeff Probst and ask him how the heck could they never have called me? I don't think he, he's the host. I no, he 
he's he's the executive producer. Okay. He's he's like all in. Like he wanted to leave. This is this is now way too much. Mm -hmm. He wanted to leave at one point, and he started his own talk show, and he wanted to do other stuff. And and Mark Brunette basically gave the show to Jeff Probst because the show is nothing without Jeff Probst. Right. And I'll be honest, like you watch all of these reality shows that have a host. Jeff Probst is the the champion of them all. I mean, he is so good at what he does. What makes him so good? I've never he's seen just Survivor. So, he's just really good. You should watch the season, and we'll talk about it. Can every, you every name, uh, besides Brendan Shapiro, can you name one other contestant, a famous contestant on Survivor in the past? I mean, there's been 50-some-odd Survivors. You've got to yeah, name I think one. they're on, like, season 30-something. Yeah, yeah, so, all right, 30-something. I can only name one, and I don't okay. know the last name. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ian. Ian. Oh, yeah. She knows some guy who was on it. Oh, yeah. okay. So you knew a, mm-hmm. a guy named Ian. Okay. Yeah. She should know two people that have been on it. L- seriously. <laughs> like, if you guys if you guys really want to do anything for, for Pace the Nation, write people at CBS, CBS Survivor, Jeff Probst, and tell them that they are insane for not casting me on a season of Survivor. I actually think he'd be great in the I, show. I would watch Survivor. I would yeah. definitely tune in. Yeah. But what we need, they don't need, like, one person saying it. What we need is we need, like, hundreds of people, like jumping on top of that and saying yeah he's applied and he hasn't been on that's crazy right something wrong with you guys and your process you guys are the worst so we need our listeners to don't troll them tweet bomb be nice tweet bomb them and uh let them know that they've because you've sent i want to be i've i've applied so many times i I, i'm terrible at representing myself in these situations which is why i'm not on i know why i'm not and and for a long time i was sending in like clever videos that they have no interest in seeing but i'm not a casting director i don't know what i need you know i'm not right. an actor i don't know what they, they what could, they actually want could see. you put one of those videos on our facebook page that no. would give us some facebook followers <laughs> if we if we want facebook we're not to 500 yet that would really get us some facebook okay i, I have one, i have one that i'm willing to share okay share that mm-hmm. on facebook uh so steve make sure that docs gets you that video uh mm-hmm. they are creative and clever in in the william docs uh way so i I'm surprised he hasn't been selected yet. Can I also say that this is like the only time that I feel like Dox's voice has reached Farley level of enthusiasm on yeah. the show? I know. So it's the only thing that, this is the only thing I want to do in we my life. We found something he cares about. Yeah. Yes, finally. Yes. Good point, Joanna. Um, <laughs> so we're really not talking TV. We're talking Survivor. Anything else from Survivor? Uh, well, I think that I think that uh, we should talk about we should we should grade Brendan the whole the okay. whole season. Okay. Can you? But you guys should watch it. Will you guys watch the show? And well, then, do you have to have like? Can I watch it on the internet somewhere? Well, CBS. That's the problem. CBS, you can watch like I think seven or nine videos for free. Okay. So you could watch like you could start the season out and then. Huh. And then you'd have to start paying. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, I'm sure there's a way. Docs knows how to do this. I mean, I'm sure there's a way he could get his his the show off his DVR to you somehow. Yeah, you guys can watch. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, if, I'm sure if, there's a way. If we can that. figure it out, will you watch it? You've got yeah. the new phone right. that that actually is in this. Oh, Joanna, show. you can you watch it on your phone, yeah. then then it won't count as TV time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Bachelor and Survivor and sports. That's all we really watch on on television. So that that uh, covers our television. Mm. Uh, that's incorrect. I watch segment. I watch oh, a little true. bit of television. But what I will say is, I, I was watching an old episode of The Office. Mm-hmm. Like the, it, like it just was on. I think I I think I recorded Drunk History, mm-hmm. and then uh, so my TV was on Comedy Central. Drunk History is funny. I like it. Uh, do you know what that is? Not familiar with that You would program. be terrible at it. Yeah, right. I've, uh, I've seen it. It's good. Okay. So yeah. basically what they do is they get somebody really, really drunk, mm-hmm. and then they have to tell 
a piece of history and they get all these actors that act out the story. And when you tell the story, you have to do a lot of dialogue so that the, you hear the person who's drunk talking and then you have a famous actor who's, who's lip syncing that scene. Hmm. And the, the, the scenes are amazing. They're so good. Uh, but you would be terrible at it because you can't do sober history. Right. So, I, like, drunk I, history would be when you a said bigger history, disaster. I could barely, barely follow what you were just saying because yeah. you were talking about history. Yeah. Right. So, but I, so The Office came on, and it was, like, one of the, the early, like, when The Office was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it made me so sad because I was like, when that, when, when that show was in its heyday, there was a lot of good television on. I just don't think television's that good right now. Maybe that's why I join and I don't watch. But it made me sad. I was like, there were so many good shows back then. Anyway. Movies. Yeah. Let's go to movies. Well, I Next wanted topic, to talk. Please. $200. Movies. I, I, I did want to talk some movies before we have John on. Uh, okay. It's been, again, another thing well documented on this program that I, I don't watch a ton of movies. Um, mm-hmm. I've gone there, back. You've seen, and, you've seen, there's six movies in, yeah, your, in your five I've movies actually, that you've seen. I've actually realized that I have... I mean, I, I have said that I've watched Austin Powers. Uh, this list is different every time. Yeah, I've watched, uh, well, you know, I, I've watched um, documented that it is at least six. Um, well, somebody should go back and listen to some old right. episodes if you want to know what Hoosiers, what Austin Powers, Jerry Maguire, some mm-hmm. of my favorites. Uh, the one with Matt Damon, um, where he says, do you like apples? I like oh, that Good one Will too. Hunting. Good Will Hunting. That's a good one. That was never, ever mentioned before on, a, on the episodes. And so, now you're up to seven okay. movies. Well, my, my father-in-law realized that, that I don't, don't watch Damon. very many movies. Last mm-hmm. time we were together uh, around mm-hmm. the holiday, Christmas holiday. He gave me a list of 15 movies that I have to watch. Oh, what's on the list? Godfather 1, Godfather 2, Saving Private Ryan. Uh, I should have brought the list in. You, yeah, why didn't you bring, Why'd you bring the this list? up? Especially somebody who loves lists as much as you yeah. do. Weirdo. So I haven't gotten to any of those movies yet. Is this your now your New Year's resolution? No, I've got... <laughs> I, you know what? I've given up on those. I'm not doing very well on my books, but... Well, you're waiting because yeah. you don't want to spoil a, a book on a bad book. I, I, I will grab the list. I'll grab the list and I want to ask our... I wonder if our... Uh, per, our director uh, friend John, who's going to be on later today. I wonder how many of the movies that are on my list that he's all of them that he's seen all of them. So do you think that these, and this is what we'll, I'll ask him this. Uh, so do these directors, are they like students of movies and really into movies? Do you think that or, or no? Yes. Yeah. You think so? Yes. Yes. I'm not sure. I, I think that this is a guy who's run 25 marathons and he just maybe likes to run and he makes movies. I think that, I think that, uh, for one, my guess would be that they, that they see and notice so many subtle things that mm-hmm. the average viewer doesn't notice. Okay. So when he's watching a movie, he's seeing certain things like, Ooh, I like how they did that shot or, right. Oh, notice how they did this. And this is symbolism here. When you're just watching it, you're just like, oh, I didn't notice anything. All right. Well, I'm going to grab my list that my father-in-law made for me. These are like movies that you have to have seen. Uh-huh. You know, so I'm going to grab that. I also want to ask him another question. We're, we're going to ask him if, if you can stay at his place. His empty Airbnb. apartment. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. in Boston. So we've got uh-huh. three questions for him at least there. Because uh-huh. the third question is, I wonder what his opinion on what song is synonymous, synonymous with Boston? Okay. Uh, don't you, don't lead the witness. You have witness. a tendency. Okay, I do. Because we have know a tendency we to know lead the witness. A, we know it's Augusta, uh, the song Boston, which I was kind of a fan of. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that was the winner, right, Joanna? Yeah. <laughs> More Than a Feeling by Boston. 
Uh, these are your choices. No, these are what we said on the podcast. These are the ones you brought up. Uh, yeah. Then we had uh, the the song that they play at the Red Sox games. The Dropkick Murphys. Well, no, well no. he's talking about Sweet Caroline. Sweet, oh, Caroline, Sweet Caroline and Dropkick uh. Murphys. Uh, I think that shipping out to Boston, I, I, right? Is I, Dropkick Murphys. I believe that Joanna and I both voted for Dropkick Murphy song, uh, and you keep pushing your agenda. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to ask him that. So we've got three questions. Uh-huh. Uh, Quick It'll be a real quick interview. <laughs> no, yeah. we got, no, we got plenty more. Excited. <laughs> Excited to be joined by the director of the documentary, Boston. It's a documentary about the Boston Marathon, the history of the Boston Marathon. It came out last year. Uh, I've got a big announcement later on the show about what we're going to do with his documentary. John Dunham is going to join us next here on Pace the Nation. <music> All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Joanna and Docs, we are excited to be joined on the phone by the director of the documentary. Well, it's entitled Boston. It's John Dunham. John, how are you? I'm good. How are you all doing today? Oh, we're great. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We're really excited to have you, but also excited. I mentioned uh, before you came on that we do have an announcement. March 28th, we will be showing John's movie, uh, again, the documentary Boston will be showing it at the 14th Street store, and you can buy tickets now. On You can go to runpacers.com. We've got an event bright page set up, and uh, we'll be showing that movie March 28th. So let's, uh, let, well, before we get into the movie, John, um, which came out last year, I haven't watched, full disclosure, I haven't watched it. Joanna, have you seen it? No, I'm waiting for the 28th. Okay. Docs? Yeah, waiting for the 28th. Okay, all right. So just so you know who you're dealing with, John, we haven't seen you yet. <laughs> but before we get into that, um, so you were a runner for, for, for you know some a long time before you did these movies because you did Spirit of the Marathon and then you did Spirit of the Marathon 2 and now you've done the Boston documentary. How long have you been a runner? I ran my first marathon in 1993, so, um, you know, 20, more than 25 years now. And you've run marathons, uh, a number of marathons. Your, your best, I think I read, was in 2001. You ran uh, the Chicago Marathon. Uh, what, what, what was your time in that in that Chicago Marathon? Yeah, you know, my best marathon was the Chicago Marathon in 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ran 322-39, um, which I'm proud of that I, you know... It's interesting. I remember running that race, and I, I ran it on an injury. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess kind of um, in um, showing signs of being a, a, a true runner, I, I, uh, I, I during that race, I knew that I could run yet even a better marathon right. if I had trained better and, and wasn't injured. Um, you know, we're always kind of looking for for you know the next best race, of course, uh, sort of. Uh, you know, the, the surfing analogy, kind of always, you know, looking for the next best way. Um, and haven't yet done that. So, <laughs> you know, that was 17 years ago. And I, you know, I think if I, maybe if I really dedicated myself to it, I could still do it. But, um, uh, you know, life gets in the oh, way. I yeah, and so 322. Did 322 at that time get you a qualifier for Boston? Have you ever done Boston? No, but uh, at the time, my uh, to qualify for Boston, I would have had to have run 310. 
Oh, so wow. I was still 12 minutes and change off. Well, still time. The great thing about the Boston Marathon, as you get older, the times get slower. So uh, <laughs> I believe in you, John. You could definitely do it. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm getting slower, too. So. <laughs> There's a reason for the, uh, yeah, th that math. That's true. All right. Well, let's talk about the documentary. We'll have it at the 14th Street store on March 28th. Eighth, uh, looks like an awesome uh, documentary about the history of the marathon. So uh, I watched the trailer. Give us kind of what, 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 is the, what is the documentary? You know, give us a summary of the movie. Well, I've wanted to make a film about the Boston Marathon for a long time. It dates back to when I made the first Spirit of the Marathon. Um, you know, I've always had an interest in Boston because it's Boston, of course. Um, so the idea originally was to, you know, tell the story of the Boston Marathon mm -hmm. and, um, you know, from how it started and, and has grown and evolved and become the race it is today. And um, I had been in touch with the Boston Athletic Association and um, executive producer Tom Jardarian uh, talking about, you know, making a Boston Marathon film for literally for years. I think we first started talking about it in 2006. And um, uh, we, we were coming close to, to uh, starting to, uh, that process in uh, actually the, at the beginning of 2013. And, and then, of course, everybody knows what happened that right. year. And I, um, immediately following the, the bombings, I, um, I thought that we were not going to make a film, um, at least not for a long time. Um, I thought it was something that needed uh, to just be shelved for a while, uh, you know, that the race needed time to heal and, and return to, to just being, you know, what it is, the Boston Marathon. And, um, but I started to think forward to the following year and considering that that was going to be a very, very important year. And, you know, whereas the film that I was going to make was going to be about all this um, history of the Boston Marathon that had already occurred, 2014 then became a chance to actually record some of that history as it was actually happening. And so I said, you know, somebody should really do this, and, and I'd like to do it. And, and so long story short, we continued to move forward with it. And focusing on 2014 and, and uh, therefore the film is, is what I had originally intended it to be insofar as telling the story of the Boston Marathon and, you know, what it is. But then, of course, with the events of 2013 and then coming back in 2014, you know, that's part of that story. So it is not about the bombings. I read somewhere you were interviewed. It's not about the bombings. Was there ever a thought, well, let me just switch, uh, you know, let me let me just change my 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 uh path of what i'm going to do here and and make it about you know the, the the recovery or the 2014 event which was such an emotional event for so many people was it always going to be the history or did you think of changing course yeah it's not about the bombings um and and it was always intended to be about the race mm -hmm. and you know the grand rich history of this race and you know what makes boston boston um and, and it is that, you know, uh, and as I said, events of, of 2013 and, and coming back in 2014, um, 
have just obviously become a part of the fabric of right. you know what is the the story of the Boston Marathon. So uh, I, I'm I I've know nothing about how to produce or direct a movie. Uh, I did read that your um, your producer was Frank Marshall. Is that correct? Yeah, there are several producers okay. um, on the film. Um, so uh, I started the the project initially with um, with uh, my longtime uh, producing colleague Megan Williams, mm-hmm. um, and with executive producer Tom Jordanian, who I mentioned. Um, Tom is a Boston Marathoner himself and has written uh, numerous books about the Boston Marathon, including the definitive history of the race. Um, so he was an invaluable resource mm-hmm. um, historically and just, you know, really uh, helping us all along the way. And then uh, we were joined early on by producer Eleanor Bingham Miller, who's actually a, a producer based out of uh, Kentucky. And uh, and then eventually uh, Frank Marshall as well, who um, is known for many, many big, you know, Hollywood movies, uh, you know, the Indiana Jones yeah. films, Back to the Earth, uh, you know, the Bourne uh, series. Um, and Frank um, ran the Boston Marathon in 1980. So That's very cool. Uh, Great connection. Had, had a close connection to the race, yeah. That's very cool. Uh, so even I, I, I don't watch very many movies, but I've heard he of Indiana Jones <laughs> in the Bourne series. That, that is super cool. So what, what does it take to actually, do you move to Boston? Do you live there? Does it take years and years to d- develop the content and, 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 and film this whole thing? Uh, explain some of the mechanics behind that. It does take a long time to make a documentary film. Um, it takes time to, uh, to, you know, to find the, the funding for it. It, it takes time to, to film it. Um, you know, post-production is, is very time-consuming. Looking, in this case, you know, we have a tremendous amount of archival footage mm-hmm. that's in the film. So, you know, uh, searching for all of that, you know. Uh, so this became, actually, ultimately, it was a four-year process. Wow. Uh, from when we started. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a marathon in and of itself. <laughs> right. So, uh, what kind of budget does a, f- a film like this have? Boston was uh, about two and a half million. Wow, wow! That uh, you know, and you hear the blockbusters, you hear what kind of budgets they have. I, and I got a question for you, John. And this is this is again from a movie, movie, a guy who doesn't watch a ton of movies or understand this business. Um, so yeah, so yes, put on I, your, I'll be honest. I'm very seat, nervous where on, we're going here. Put on your seatbelt here. Um, so when it's, when it says that a movie does, let's say they've got a $10 million budget and they do 20 million their first weekend, they don't make $10 million right away. Right? Like that's what everybody thinks, but that's not really what happens. Right? Yeah, not at all. I mean, you have to spend a lot of money in creating awareness and, right. and advertising film. Um, and, Which isn't part you know, of your that, initial budget, right? Or is that part of your two and a half million? Well, it, it originally was part of our initial budget. Uh, that money ended up uh, being, or what would have been earmarked for promotion, right. ended up uh, being dedicated to uh, production or, or actually more accurately doing what we had had to do in order to find the funds to 
um, to make the film. So uh, it's uh, it, it's a complicated process, and and uh, you know I've often said that you know it does take the mindset of a marathoner to make a film because it 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 can be grueling and you have to endure. Yeah, and I I've seen your your web page um, and and the the amount of equipment that you guys have. I mean, it does look incredible. I mean. There was one car that they had. I saw you had a car that you were filming Shalane Flanagan. I mean, that camera itself looked like it was maybe two and a half million dollars itself. <laughs> I mean, it was the incredible amount of equipment. Um, did, did they have a beerometer on top no, of the car? No, it was it was a crazy. I mean, okay. you can look at the web website. We'll tweet out a link to the website. Um, so that weekend, did you guys? Uh, how many people for the Boston Marathon 2014? How many people did you have there actually filming on location? On location? Well, we when we filmed the marathon itself in 2014, we had 56 cameras. Wow! Uh, and I don't know what the exact number uh, in crew members was, but it was in the hundreds. Wow! Yeah, and I'm I'm looking at a picture here, John, on your website. The website is bostonmarathonfilm.com. Where you guys essentially have a hotel, uh, looks like a conference space full of like <laughs> of equipment. So I mean, it it just it, it's incredible to see what goes. Yeah, into this. It, that was actually a very surreal moment because we had spent months um, just in little tiny offices uh, or out on the Boston Marathon course, you know, kind of uh, scouting and you know figuring out how we were going to film it and place cameras and and all of that and we knew it was going to be a big production um and but you know it was all theoretical so i'll, I'll never forget uh going to the photo that i think you're referring to was, uh, at one of our staging areas which was yeah. actually in new along the boston marathon course we determined that we found a place there a hotel a hotel ballroom you know that uh we uh put all our gear in and, and we're getting ready to film the race. And I showed up at that hotel and walked into that room and saw all of that gear all over the place that we had been planning for, for, as I said, months and feeling like, Oh my God, what have we gotten ourselves into? <laughs> right, right. This, this is giant. Uh, what, what are we going to do with all of this? Um, so it was, uh, it was a little, uh, you know, intimidating, but, uh, we got it done. So you, you have, you said 56 cameras on race day, some, some yeah. something like that. And, uh, I'm, I'm sure that there's, there's a plan and, and direction for, to coordinate all of these people. Uh, how difficult is it? Uh, do, do they have to stay on script or if if something changes because it is a documentary if, if, if there's another story is it easy to uh, reroute people or send people to a, to a different story or, or does that just completely throw your whole plan out, out the window yeah I mean everything changes um, you know you've got the plan and then you know Ten minutes into it, uh, you're changing up everything. Right. So you uh, you, you account know, for change? Yeah, you just you know it's part of it. Or so, you just roll you with know, it. I always start with the best 
possible plan that I can because then you've at least gone through the exercise of, of thinking it through and, um, and you know, you've got an idea for what it is that you're trying to do. And then there's reality and, you know, you just have to go with that. And, you know, there are certain things that, that come off uh, beautifully and then a lot of things that don't. And, and then there are surprises and, um, and, and sometimes that can work out wonderfully. So, um, you do have to be flexible. And John, you, you interview in the, uh, in the documentary, some of the biggest names in Boston marathon history. I mean, some of the biggest names in running history. Um, tell us some of your favorite, uh, moments with them and who did you talk to? Yeah, you know, it's always been, as a runner, of course, it's been a tremendous honor to be able to travel all over the world and, and meet the greatest runners in the mm-hmm. world. Um, I, I've been very, very fortunate to be able to do that with all of the films that I've made. And, um, you know, Boston was certainly the epitome of that. Um, I personally um, was very fond of, I was able to actually make a couple of trips to Australia and film with Rob De Costello, who won Boston in 1986, and um, as you'll see in the film, he now is, um, he has a program called the Indigenous Marathon Project, where he's uh, training young um, Aborigine men and women to run the marathon, and that was really special, going there, spending time with them, and and with Rob, and um, I I just really, really enjoyed that aspect of the production, and, and that sequence in the film. Very cool. Um, I think I asked you this earlier, but I never got the an answer. I'm sure. Did you live in Boston for a while? Yeah, more or less. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I certainly spent a lot of time there. I I did have an apartment in Boston for, um, I don't know, four months or something. Ah, like that. so you no longer. Um, Joanna was looking for a place to stay, maybe Airbnb or apartment. So you no longer have that. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. <laughs> no. No. All right. That's no, a, but I got to know Boston very well. Um, so that, that was, yeah, uh, and, and so did you have some favorite spots that you ran in Boston? Yeah, you know, of course, I, I, I was fortunate that I um, I was in uh, Back Bay, um, just literally several blocks uh, from Boylston yeah. and, and uh, the final stretch of the race there. Um, and I always loved, you know, of course, going out by the Charles River and, yep. and running there. I didn't have the opportunity too much to get outside the city too much. I, I know, you know, of course, many beautiful areas to run. Um, our executive producer, Tom Jadarian, um, lives actually just on the other side of the bay in Winthrop, and he's got a beautiful area where he can run over there. Uh, but for me personally, I was, you know, I mostly ran around, um, you know, kind of uh, around the Charles River. That's, as good, that's as good as there is, man. Very, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Very, very cool. All right. Well, I've got a few quick hitting questions. I'm going to have some fun with John here. Um, and we look forward to seeing his movie March 28th at the 14th Street Store. Again, you can buy your tickets, runpacers.com. All right. So, John, um, were you – I asked these guys, my, my co-hosts here before, were you a movie maker before you were a runner or a runner before you were a movie maker? Well, that's a good question. Um, they've actually kind of – roughly parallel to okay. each other. Um, I started playing around with um, with cameras and video um, when I was uh, around 13. Um, and I 
you know, I ran my first, actually, I was 15 when I ran my first marathon. So, wow, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of uh, crazy, but uh, we do crazy things when we're young. <laughs> and, um, and it changed my life, so so it was all good. So you're um, obviously a runner before you're making making movies. So are you a big fan of movies? Like, what's your favorite movie of all time? And, and take your own movies out of it. it. It's hard for me to pick one favorite. I mean, there's just obviously so many great, great movies right. in the history. Top so 15. Well, <laughs> I got a top yeah. 15 list, and I'm wondering. All right, let me ask you this. Have you seen the – I'm just going to run through this real quick. Have you seen The Godfather? Of course, Godfather yeah, Two. There's a great, great film, but it's a, you know I, I and, and it's wonderful and, and it's a favorite. But I wouldn't, to be honest, I, I probably would not put it in my top ten. Just okay, not because it's not a great film, but it's um, uh, there are others that. It, that my my, my father-in-law has asked me to, to to watch these. I don't watch a ton of movies again. It's well covered here, but I, I've got a top fifteen list. And I'm wondering if you've watched. Have you seen Dances with Wolves? Dances with Wolves is a brilliant film. See, that, seen that is definitely, and you know, that would definitely be in my top top ten. He's seen all these. I, I, I'm not even going to go through the list. He's seen them all. I, I, I figured he hadn't seen I, them all. I'd, I'd like to know a couple others that might have made your top ten, in no particular order, of course. Films that I've enjoyed. Yes. Well, I, you know, I like true stories, and I've always been a big um, fan of... Uh, uh, Oliver Stone's films. Okay. Um, he, he made a film um, uh, called Heaven and Earth, uh, which was uh, sort of about the Vietnam War, but actually pulled from um, a Vietnamese woman's perspective. That mm-hmm. was, I thought, just a beautifully made film. Um, you know, I like epic filmmaking, so, you know, just kind of grand old cinema, like uh, the films of David Lean and, like, Lawrence of Arabia, you know, The Bridge on the River Kwai. Um, That's on I there. Mean, there we go. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful films. Um, you know, and, of course, I have actually lived in Italy since 2011, so I'm a big fan of Italian cinema and, you know, again, westerns and, and the spaghetti westerns, uh, Sergio Leone, uh, you know, Once Upon a Time in the West is is a favorite of mine. So, um, you know, it's very difficult for me. No, to no doubt. As, yeah, someone who's well-versed in movies. I was hopeful he was just a runner who just happened to make movies and not really in movies. <laughs> I was dead wrong on that. No, I, I can assure you I'm a better filmmaker than I'm a runner. <laughs> so how about, I, I got one for you. Uh, how about Patriot's Day with Mark Wahlberg? Did you enjoy that movie? You know that was I'm glad you asked me that because that's another good question. It's um, I it was a very unusual experience for me seeing Patriots Day Mm -hmm. because I have never uh, been in a situation where I was watching a film about a a story that I personally was so close to. Right. So um, I, I don't really know how to answer that exactly, other than to say I just was not. um, I just could not be objective about it, of course. <laughs> right. And, and I'm not talking about comparing it to my own film, but just because, as I said, I you know I was so close to the, to running the Boston Marathon, to everything that had happened there, you know, to to the real people that um, you know that were there and, and affected 
by the bombings and, and everything. So, um, you know, I, I'm not a, a, a good person. To, you to, couldn't, you couldn't suspend your disbelief, I would imagine. Well, it's, it's just so different from what we did. You know, I mean, right. we told the story of the marathon, whereas, you know, that's really, of course, about, you know, the aftermath right. and the, um, you know, the, the, the manhunt that occurred. Um, so yeah, very different. All right. Well, one, one guy who, um, uh, is, is a, uh, mega superstar, um, that narrates your film is, is Matt Damon, right? It, he narrates your, your, your film. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do you have Matt Damon? This is another having fun with John here. Uh, do you have Matt Damon's cell phone in your right now in your cell phone? Do you have his number? No, no, you no, don't. I, oh, not, I was hopeful. I mean, I, you know, I am so grateful, you know, that, that Matt um, narrated the film, and um, you know, that happened um, thanks to Frank Marshall, mm-hmm. who. You know, of course, has been uh, the producer of, of the of the Bourne movies. Um, you know, and, and is close with Matt. So, you know, we're very, very grateful both to, to Matt and Frank for making that happen. So we can't conference him in. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I was on that shot down there. That, uh-huh. Well, that that is very cool. Uh, and and uh, I, I uh, a lot of people think of of. I think they think Mark Wahlberg and Matt Damon as, you know, Boston, right? And and that's very cool that he, he narrated that. Um, what uh, what else do you think of Boston Farley? Yeah, so I'm go- yep. thank you, Docs. And we're going to get him out of here in a minute here. Uh, but I, I also wanted to know, you've spent a lot of time in Boston. You've made a movie about the Boston Marathon. What song, what music is synonymous with Boston? Or what does John Dunham think is synonymous with Boston? A single song. A single song. Well, I'm very biased here because um, rather than um, song, I would uh, immediately talk about our amazing soundtrack that was created by Jeff Beal and recorded by... Uh, the Boston Symphony Orchestra. That Ooh. it's, you know, it's really a special thing to be able to say that one of your favorite movie soundtracks is a soundtrack to your own film. That's <laughs> pretty and, cool. Um, I, I mean, really, I just feel so so honored. I mean, the the Boston Symphony Orchestra is a world renowned orchestra. Uh, prior to our film score, they had only ever recorded three others, which were. Um, Saving Private Ryan, uh, Schindler's List, uh, both for Steven Spielberg, right? And they did um, Mystic River, for, which uh, awesome. Clint Eastwood did. So you know, Boston is is only the fourth, and and among those, the only documentary. So um, we feel just so so honored to um, you know to have uh, the talents of Jeff. He created just an unbelievable score, and and then to have to bring the orchestra in and, and have them record it. Um, I was there at Symphony Hall in Boston when it was recorded, and it was just the experience of a lifetime. That's awesome. Oh, I'm that excited to, about that. We're going to add that to the list. We had uh, Augusta, Boston. We had... Uh, no, we didn't have. Yeah, all right. Well, we had uh, Boston more than a feeling. We uh, didn't have. We had uh, Dropkick Murphys. That uh, one we had. What was that one called? Um, kick... Uh, uh, going back to our, um, 
I'll, I'll think of it in a second. And then the final one was the uh, Neil Diamond song. Sweet Caroline. Sweet Caroline. So that was our li- your your list is way better than ours. Yeah, he had a much better answer than, than <laughs> uh, Farley did. Yeah. All right, John. So what are you working on? Uh, what are you working on now? What what can we hope for to see from you next? Well, I'm working on a number of uh, developing a number of different projects. Um, I um, I've lived in Italy since 2011, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, the second film, Spirit of the Marathon 2, uh, I did around the Rome Marathon. Uh, so, uh, Italy is, is, uh, is home. It's, uh, uh, a special place to me. Um, I have a young son there. And, um, and so I, I'm trying to stay, uh, as close to Italy as I can. And, um, and I've got a number of projects that I'm working on and I would love to do, um, Maybe a series around the Giro d'Italia, which is um, Italy's Tour de France, okay. uh, which has a, a similar. Um, it, it, it just turned the, the hundredth uh, uh, Giro d'Italia was actually last year, so it's similar in age to, to the Boston Marathon, and likewise has a has a long and very you know rich history. Um, I'd love to do a film about uh, uh, the city of Napoli. Um, which is just absolutely a fascinating place. Uh, a lot of people know it as kind of a jumping off uh, place to reach uh, Pompeii, the, the ancient city that was destroyed by Vesuvius, and, and, and Napoli and the whole surrounding area of Campania there in southern Italy is just absolutely fascinating. And, uh, you know, I, I'd like to do a film there. And, um, you know, we'll see. I, I, I'm always looking for, you know, kind of, uh, stories that are personal to me, and um, uh, you know that I, I think can find a, a larger audience. So, um, we'll see. it remains to be seen yep. what what exactly happens next. Well, we we uh, really we we don't have enough people doing stuff. Uh, I, I do love documentaries, and not enough people doing stuff on endurance events. So I look forward to uh, your your biking uh, your biking documentary as well. Uh, Definitely look forward to uh, this Boston documentary that we all three will see for the first time on March 28th with a lot of the Pacers running uh, listeners to this program and and customers. So uh, that's, again, March 28th at the 14th Street Store. You'll be able to see John's John's movie then. Uh, So is there a way we can follow you on Twitter, you on uh, any other social media platform? Yeah, you can find me and more information about uh, Boston at Boston the Film on Facebook and Twitter. Awesome, man. It is bostonmarathonfilm.com, also online, too. So we will tweet out all those particulars. But, uh, John, really looking forward to the 28th, and thank you so much for uh, making that possible. And and thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, It was a fun interview, and um, the film is is awesome. We can't wait to see it, and we can't wait to uh, get psyched for the 2018 Boston Marathon. Very good. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. There he goes. That's John Dunham. He is the film director of the Boston Marathon film. The documentary will be showing at 14th Street on March 28th. He joined us on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to John Dunham for joining us today on Pace the Nation. Uh, you can follow John on Twitter and Facebook. It's 
Boston, the film, and then his website for the Boston Marathon film is bostonmarathonfilm.com. So, I don't know whether we got you a place to stay or not, Joanna. Well, maybe not in Boston, but maybe in Italy. <laughs> yeah, I know, he is in Italy. But Why didn't you jump in with that question? Yeah, well, he'll hear it now. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. What I wanted to jump in and, and ask was when you were talking about the parks and favorite places to run, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask him if, if any of those uh, parks, you know, is there a park that, that maybe Joanna could stay in <laughs> when she's up there? That's true. Because I was thinking you could stay at the Common. Uh, they have like those... Uh, swan ponds, yeah, and then they have like these bridges. So if it rains, you could be under the bridge like a troll, like a hobo. <laughs> yeah, troll. <laughs> well, I think you'd have to get there early because it's, probably that's probably high in demand, especially funny. if the weather's <laughs> bad. After uh, after we jumped off with John, we we kind of talked to him afterwards, and he asked if we were going to be in Boston, and and you know I think I botched it for you, Joanna. Yeah. I, I should have said because uh, he's going to be there, um, and so I. I should have said, and again, hopefully he'll listen and kind of take the hint that you, you do need a place to stay. I'll, oh, I'm willing to work willing for places. Willing to work? Yeah. yeah he's going to be And that goes to like New Balance, Brooks, yeah, Adidas, yeah, exactly. any, anybody. Yeah, he'll be showing the movie the, 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 the week of the Boston Marathon. So maybe, maybe you can stay in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> like just buy a ticket to that and just kind of linger. Yeah. All right, like well. in the book, The Mixed Up Files, where they like stay in the, the museum. In the which book? Never mind. Again, you lost. No, what me. book was yeah. it? Mixed, mixed up, up files. files of Mrs. I don't know. I'm not never, familiar. Never mind then. I was thinking more like uh, from the OC when they stayed in the mall. That sounds I, like a television show. Yeah, yeah. Again, we, neither falls on deaf ears here. Um, Farley watched the OC. Another thing, um, quickly to mention that uh, I was dead wrong. Even though he was a runner before he was a movie maker i thought he said they went hand to hand yeah he did he did say that but mm-hmm. he ran a marathon at 13 uh-huh. so uh, you know he was definitely a runner before a mar- uh, movie maker he's seen all the ones on my list all the list the 15 that my father-in-law gave me i was hopeful that i was i was hopeful that i had a brother in arms and mm-hmm. um I, like your ignorance is so amazing <laughs> like why why would that thought would even yeah. cross your mind that a that a filmmaker would That's not true. be a fan of film That's it's true. amazing like a running store owner who doesn't like to run you're probably right i bet that exists i don't think bob Bob kennedy doesn't like to run (laughs) (laughs) all right so joanna you asked this year the 5k that you've run ever since its inception may be in jeopardy because you're having surgery soon yeah everybody keeps saying it's in jeopardy Um, yeah i didn't say that yeah if you'll recall i didn't say that thank you well Mm -hmm. we talked about an asterisk last week i mean well that was if she was going to have somebody banded it right so uh, have you signed up for the race? Yeah, you have to sign up well right. in advance okay. for it. Okay. Joanna, can you only sign up for one race at a time, or are you signed up for like 10 years to go? Um, you can only sign up one Once race at, at a time. time. Yeah. You should talk about talk to somebody about that. So, but but this year, you may be running it, not at your best, because surgeries Or walking it. Week? Yeah, I, I definitely am not or, running it. Or crutching it. it. So Bunyan's surgery this week. Uh, yes. So give us an update. Um, well, it's happening. Okay. It'll be on Tuesday. Are you nervous? Um, I really can't do anything, so it doesn't. Right, that's it good. Doesn't can't really control it. So that you could. Do they put you under? Uh, I don't know. You don't know. See, uh, they, they put, I like that. I, I'm pretty sure that they do it because they did say that there might be some side effects from the anesthesia. I'm sure they're okay. So it's well, the it's, anesthesia doesn't necessarily mean that you go under. Uh, right. Well, it's my, just like numbing my, things up. My foot might go under. I don't know. Yeah. Some part of me is. <laughs> when right. when I had shoulder surgery. Uh, they 
put a bunch of stuff in my arm. Yeah. And then they asked me to lift the arm and you can't lift it. So wild. You're like, you're, you're just kind of like trying. You're, you're telling you're your, trying. your brain's telling and they're come like, on it's, arm it's lift. not working. It's not working. And then uh, they knocked me out. And the next thing I know, the nurse was waking me up. All right, so that that's it's that's, probably, yeah, that's she, the way I like to do anything. Yeah, she did. She did show me this like boot, and she's like, "You'll wake up with this on your foot." So there you go. Okay. Well, yeah. guess what, okay. Joanna? If you are waking up, right. that means that you are asleep. You out. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you're not nervous. I like ignorance is bliss. That's how I live my life. I like that <laughs> you haven't asked a lot of questions about the surgery. Well, I've I've good. asked a lot of questions about the surgery itself. Okay. So I I know what they're doing to my foot, and right. I know the scenarios because there's a few different ways you can fix a bunion. Okay. So they won't really know what they're doing until they actually open up my foot and mm-hmm. start on it. So I I kind of know all the scenarios that can happen. Um, but I'm not. I mean, I I'm not in the surgery. Yeah, you I can't do anything about it. Yeah. So okay. I I can't worry about it either. What's that okay. going to do? That's good. Did I tell you guys my joke that I told when I was all goofed up on goofballs? No. And I woke up? Mm-mm. They asked me, uh, is anybody here for you? And I said, yeah, my dad's in the waiting room. He's doing all the puzzles and the highlight magazines. Did they laugh? Probably. Pretty funny. That's pretty funny. I was goofed up. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's this week. Good yeah. luck with that. Yeah, thank you. Um, listeners can send their well wishes to you on Twitter. You are back on Twitter. I am. Uh, so please do. Well, well you have a new phone. You should be. Oh, maybe it's oh. Instagram. I'm back on Instagram. Instagram. I guess I could. Okay. I could yeah. put Twitter back. Well, on my phone. I just, people just, people write you all the time, Joanna. Don't be rude. Okay. Get yeah. on Twitter. Get, get, you know, on Instagram, send her some well wishes. Um, so uh, that's that's big news. But also big news for you is you've got a book update. Oh, I do. Well, I didn't. I, it's not my book. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so on Tuesday, Zadie Smith, who is probably, she's probably my favorite author. She was in town um, promoting her new book, Feel Free. Mm-hmm. And I went to hear her speak at the Sixth and I Synagogue. This is the third time that I've heard Zadie Smith speak. Sixth and Ninth? Sixth and I. Sixth and I, I mean. I've yeah. seen uh, people play there. Yeah, the, they I've do seen speaking there too. Yeah, I saw Ben Gibbard there as well uh-huh. when he was on a solo tour. But anyway, so Zadie Smith was there, um, and of course I I went to see her, and um, she was amazing as always. She's really great. If you don't know anything about Zadie Smith, check her out. How many people were there? Um, over seven hundred. No, it was sold. It was sold kidding. out. That, yeah. that space doesn't fit seven hundred people. It fits five hundred on the first level. No and way. Then, yes, it does. No There's way. There's that many people who are into this stuff. <laughs> That is shocking. Dude. I mean, oh that's God. awesome. I mean, Farley, that's, all, that's great. Do you know why we talked about Mark Twain the first time we talked about Mark Twain? I don't know, but uh, I'm Some, just shocked there were 700 people there. Sometimes, we do live in Washington, D.C. Okay, that's true. All right. Um, all right. Anyway. I've never heard of this person before. I'm yeah. just shocked that they would pass. Well, the, the, this is the Mark Twain quote that, that uh, we're going to do again. And, What's that? And it should just be, we should get it. Painted on the wall up right. there. What's th- Sometimes it's better to let them think you're a fool <laughs> than to open your mouth good, and remove all doubt. Good point. Good point. Okay, go on. All right, so um, you went to this packed house. This packed house, right. So um, you also on your ticket has a number, and that's your number to wait in line to get your book signed. And I got there a little bit late, so I had a later ticket. So I, I waited an hour and a half to have Zadie sign my book. I just can't relate. Yeah, and to her I credit, I... Yes, you can. We can find something that you can relate, oh, but just yeah. let her finish. Yeah, yeah. okay, okay. Um, so I waited in line for an hour and a half, and, and I felt bad because she's signing all these books for so long, and like some people had like multiple books and everything. And no, she, one per ticket. That's not how they... Anyway, that's not how they just... 
just let me get through. My this. book oh, signing yeah. is going to be one book <laughs> per ticket. Okay. Okay. Per ticket. okay. So she was kind of making an effort to uh, converse with the people that came up there, mm-hmm. and um, then she'd like write something a little extra instead of just signing her name. So the girl in front of me had three books, and you have like a post-it <sighs> that has your name on it. Okay. So Zadie signs the first book, and it's a unique name, so she comments on it, and the girl's like, "Oh, it's not my name; it's my friend's." And the second book has another unique name, and she's like, "Oh, that's my friend." And Zadie, I I think she's like kind of a little annoyed because she was. Uh-huh. Like, I would be. She was yeah. like, are any of these books for you? And so she's like, I guess it's cool that you have like friends that have interesting names. And then the girl, when she gets to the third book, is like, oh, the last one's Lucy. That's my girlfriend. Like, not that cool. So as this exchange is happening, her assistant hands my book to Zadie. So like, I'm not even like right. know, talking to her. Mm. And the whole time I was waiting in line, an hour and a half, I was like trying to think of like what I was going to say. Because I was like, mm-hmm. don't be a total nerd. And be mm-hmm. like, I've read all of your books and I love them. I, like, I, I feel like if I have to make a prediction that you, you came off like a nerd. <laughs> you have five seconds here. This is your elevator yeah. speech. You better nail it. Okay. I, so I think, that, I think that she came well, no, off like No, I think that like Zadie probably was just so annoyed that she thought that was probably another one of her friend's books no she um she she got that it was like it was my you. my okay. book so she signs the bottom of it and she moves the top and as she starts to write my name she goes oh joanna and then she she looks up and makes direct eye contact with me and i this is my moment right, right. this is when mm-hmm. i say Froze. something yeah so i go that's me you have <laughs> i knew it a very popular podcast victory, victory. how how no, did you why not, would you why would you talk you about the podcast up? How'd you, how, how'd you, no, I'm just saying like. But basically you, that, you, that had nothing to do with that. You just interjected no, no, no. the podcast <laughs> into saying, that story. No, I'm saying that she is on mic and on the stage a lot. Yeah, but Lady Every Smith week. isn't there. Uh, well, she could be listening. Oh, man. And <laughs> yes, Lady, that's me. That's it. That's what you gave her. I know. And it's that's okay. all you got. It's okay. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Wow. It's the it's the girl in front of you's fault. She messed up my cheek. She did. You know? She totally did. And she's eBaying all those books right now, yeah. which is annoying. Well, very specific names. It's, it <laughs> kind of limits what you That's can do. That's probably true. You probably should have picked uh, more Dear, general names. Your name is Book Reader. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Book Reader, <laughs> may all oh, your dreams come man. true. All right. Well, hopefully she's back in town again sometime, and you can. Uh, well, one time Mr. T was at the mall. <laughs> And then I asked, is he coming back? And they said they didn't know. Well, I just think in those situations, just some advice for all the listeners. You've got to make it memorable. Whatever it is, make it memorable. And well, Marley, what would you do? Yeah, what would you have said? Unfortunately, the person in front of you was more memorable. Um, in, an, in a negative way. I, I would have been mm-hmm. authentic I would rather memorable. be neutral than negative. I, I would also agree to that. I would have said, it's great to meet you. Never read any of your books. I am shocked you can pack a house like this. <laughs> I am so. She would remember that, wouldn't she? I guess she? that was being honest. Yeah. yeah, I would be totally authentic, honest, and memorable. So I, I don't know. I mean, and then she'd say, "Who would you like to make this out to?" And say, "Fuzzy Wuzzy." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we always, uh, always got to take some time. When Joanna has a story, always got to take some time for that. that was a good story. Um, can I can I throw in something here yes. real quick? Because I just mentioned Fuzzy Wuzzy. Yeah. Uh, since we don't do tweets anymore, yeah. I don't know when we're going to do tweets again. Well, we did want to we did want to give some props to to some folks, so I, I'm glad you brought that up. Well, and if people gave us food, I'd sit through a tweets episode. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, we had Chris Bouquet wrote us, and he said another great episode. Naturally, yes, there we go. That's uh, how you get read <laughs> on a show that's not the tweet show. Well, for you, but but actually, that wasn't his whole tweet. But right. He said two thoughts. 
Run Pacer should name his second boy <laughs> Lester. And how was that episode right. not titled Fuzzy Wuzzy? Yeah. Finally, Orlando's airport caused me to get TSA pre as well. That place is a special kind of horrible. So he, first of all, A plus tweet because yeah. he addressed all three of us. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I will talk to the Fuzzy Wuzzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest, that was on the notepad and that was the number one draft choice. But the, the delivery in the line was so good, I didn't want to spoil it in any way yeah. at all. That's a good call. I didn't think of that because I thought that might be the title. I, well, so, it, it well, was, like for a long time it was. And at the last minute, I, I, I did an audible and I was like, I'm going to go with the boring one because I just want everybody to be completely blindsided by yep. this fuzzy wuzzy comment. <laughs> So that's the answer to your question, Chris. Thanks for writing, and please write again. Right. Well, I'm glad you uh, brought that up because I did. I did tease in the intro. Was that one on your to, list? Yep, that was one of the ones right. on my list. I so you to registered about, with it with at least two people <laughs> that have Twitter on their phones. To talk about uh, a couple others. Uh, Michael P. Miller he uh, tweeted in and said that uh, so much to mentally digest this week. Mm-hmm. Sure, everyone had some of their favorites, loved and hated moments. Regardless, it was real hated. and Come interesting. On. He said it was real and interesting. I mm-hmm. like that. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Well done. Mm-hmm. And never tell a baby name. Someone always has a horror story of that name. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, they two people really liked our episode that was <laughs> Sans guest. I mean, without the guest. So uh-huh. we, will, we will throw those in every six weeks or so. Mm-hmm. so or even more often than that, yeah. depending on how often we get stood up. Because <laughs> we do have a lot of grab bag topics at times that we need to mm-hmm. get to. So uh, the, the last tweet I wanted to, to mention was... You know how I was basically begging mm-hmm. for us to uh, be invited in to yeah, a... Pan- uh, <laughs> is, it, is it pandering? Pan- no. I think it's I not was. pandering. I think I was. I would have said pandering. Um, I, I was begging to be invited in to a, you know, elementary school, middle school, you know, well, you, you were specific class, fourth grade, yeah, yeah. which, which I always tell you, like, you're too specific with your right. requests because somebody like, ah, oh, shucks, I have a fifth grade class. It's not a fourth grade class, so I won't do it. Well, you guys thought we would never be invited, but sure enough, Maggie B, mm-hmm. loyal listener tweeted in and says she teaches, teaches a seventh grade class. She would love to have, uh, us come out and talk to her students, uh, it might be a trivia challenge, uh, students versus run pacer. So I, I'd be yeah. up for I like that. that. I'd yeah. be up for that. But uh, thank you, Maggie B. I think that's a great. Uh, I think that's a great idea. We'd love to come out and talk to your seventh grade class. I don't know what we'd offer them, but I think it would be good show content. Sure. <laughs> I don't know if we would record it. We'd, we'd have to no, have a social media. I, that would, would be a Facebook Live thing. We'd talk about it later. Um, and I think it would be good content for the show. Yeah, and I don't so. think that I don't think that we could do that Facebook Live either because I don't think you can put kids on yeah, on, on Facebook Live yeah. and stuff. Um, this is this is uh, I think uh, plays to your ignorance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are going to be so embarrassed by these these students <laughs> by these seventh grade uh, students. Yeah. yeah. Well. But the, you know what they're gonna do, and I, I'll, I'll give you your excuse right now. They're gonna ask uh, history questions on subjects that they are currently studying. Right. It's <laughs> See, totally they're not, unfair. They're not gonna talk sports totally or running shoes or running. Uh-huh. I mean, bring it on. If you want to talk that, I'll talk seventh grade level of any of those topics and school them. <laughs> I will. I'll smoke them. All right. Um, so th- th- thank you. <laughs> Talking trash to seventh graders. <laughs> well, thank you guys for the for the kudos from last week. It was it was a fun show. It's fun to do a show with uh, with Sans guests every once in a while. This podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. We also have a store in Princeton, New Jersey, Seven Palmer Square. 
Uh, I did mention earlier today uh, in the, the interview with John that we will be showing the documentary Boston. Uh, that's going to be March 28th at the uh, 14th Street store. So get your tickets today. Uh, we've got a sponsor of that. Adidas will be sponsoring, providing food. Uh, th- there's going to be a gift uh, for everybody who attends, a, a even better gift with a purchase that you make. Uh, all the ticket proceeds go to Girl Girls Gotta Run. Uh, it will be on Eventbrite. I think it's a $10 uh, charge for the, uh, for, for, for the ticket to see the movie. Should be a fun uh, time. Uh, if you're running the Boston Marathon, if you've ever hoped to run the Boston Marathon, if, if you, just, you do the Boston 5K, or if you just just did like Boston, or you do the Boston 5K, uh, it is a um, Adidas good also movie to sponsors watch. the marathon. They do sponsor the marathon. So what I think a coincidence! Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good tie-in. Uh, also, we have ice ke- ice cream jubilee there at the event. So apparently, ice cream cream jubilee is a big deal so it's a huge deal march 28th sign up eventbrite your tickets well you can go to runpacers.com and find information i think my favorite ice cream jubilee flavor is marionberry marionberry is that a real flavor it's a real flavor yeah oh so they're doing something like the the uh What's the Vermont company? Ben and Jerry. Ben and Jerry. So they're doing. You're gonna get killed in this trivia contest. <laughs> they're, gonna do, they're doing a play off of that because um, they pick names like that. That well, are... Marion Berries are real things. Oh, really? I thought it was a mayor. The mayor of oh, D.C. Oh no, um, I didn't think about that. No. Oh, so it's not a play on words for the mayor of D.C. No. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought that was the reason why it was in the D.C. Mm-hmm. store. Well, ma- okay. maybe it is. It is it probably, over, and over... also it has crack cocaine in it. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's my favorite. Uh, and, and you have to eat it with hookers. <laughs> Please keep that in. All right. So um, look forward to that event March 28th. Um, you know, it's March 1st, right? Mm-hmm. As we record here. Uh, we got through the worst of it. February is over. Uh, we're hopefully out of the winter. You know, I always say that the best time of year is the fall. And I always look forward to the fall. But this time of year... It's weird I, you that you're know, saying I, this because I, I was thinking that yesterday. I actually, like, you know, it, this time of year is... is I enjoy it. Uh, maybe my favorite. And, <laughs> you're such a fair weather <laughs> maybe fan maybe, of fall. Maybe I'm just a positive guy and I'm like... Well, oh, the yeah, in, you're so positive. <laughs> the moment I'm in. What a positive um, guy. So, you know, a lot of people think, you know, and I want to take it back to the Boston Marathon discussion real quick. Okay. A lot of people think that spring is here because of the cherry blossoms or because the gnats are at spring training or because the days are longer. Well, I would say that if, if, uh, the gnats are in spring training, that pretty much defines that <laughs> yeah. spring is here. Yeah. Cause they true. can't, it's not winter training. That's true. That's true. So, but you know, you have your own triggers. What's what triggers spring to you, but mine you, is an equinox. <laughs> well, what what to me is the Boston Marathon. I start thinking about the Boston Marathon. And for whatever reason, even though we're down in D.C., mm-hmm. for whatever reason, that triggers like, wow, good feelings about running, about Boston, uh, about spring. Do you guys have the same sort of feelings? Or do you have a – is is there a different mean associated with – Associations with, with – with, maybe it's different triggers for you guys. With For spring? For spring. I'd say for me the Boston Marathon already feels like summer. Okay, it is hot. It is a, a lot it's of usually a hot day. Yeah, it is. It is hot a lot of times. Uh, it's it's the second or third uh, Monday in April. It can be pretty hot up there. Yeah, I feel like every year spring surprises me, where I'm running down the mall and all of a sudden it's green, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't even notice the change. 
Yeah, and and you're not a great person to ask because you're such a fan of winter. I hold on to it as long as you, I can. You do. All right, mm-hmm. so uh, the boss. So it does. It does. The boss marathon does trigger spring. But I will say, when the first day that I can run in shorts yeah. and a long sleeve shirt, yeah, I am very happy. Yep. I, I agree. So the it, first day that you can, but it's it's been off and on. Where it's like some days, like I think yesterday I wore a short sleeve shirt, mm-hmm. and then I've done in the past week I've run in in long pants or shorts, going back and forth. The weather's been been a little bit wacky. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, but that's that triggers spring. it for her though. Yeah. So what triggers it for you? What triggers it for you, Docs? I told you the equinox. Equinox. What is the yeah. equinox? It's science. You wouldn't like it. <laughs> is that March 22nd? Uh, I don't know what it is this year. Alexa, what's the spring equinox <laughs> this year? And oh, we don't have one of those in here. So I'm looking at that. Uh, it's It's got a specific time on Wikipedia. It says it's at uh, 1615. So it's a specific March 20th at 1615. What's 1615? That's 415 in the <laughs> afternoon. Wow. Um, and it says... On the day of an equinox, daytime and nighttime are approximately equal duration all over the planet. Okay, so that's what the equinox is. So you have 12 hours of darkness and 12 hours of light. Is that it? More or less. Okay, all right. You know that any given day there's slightly more than 24 hours, which is why every four years we have to have a leap day. Is that right? Okay. I don't know if that's right. Well, make sure you (laughs) check. All right. Everything's right. Regardless, except for whatever you're about to say. <laughs> well, I just wanted to let Maggie B know not to uh-huh. put any Equinox questions on there because I'll knock those out of the park. Uh, Maggie B, I'm, put an Equinox no. question and see if he remembers because he doesn't remember anything from show to show. All right, great show, guys. Thanks again to John Dunham for joining us today on Pace the Nation. Uh, you can see John's film March 28th at the 14th Street store. We've got tickets available on runpacers.com. There's an Eventbrite page there that you can sign up for uh, tickets to the March 28th event. All right. Great show. Episode 144 in the books. 12 times 12. For Joanne Russo, that's William Docs. I'm Chris Farley. This is Pace Nation. We will see you next week.
she's Italian. I just looked at her. She's Italian. That's what it mm-hmm. just says. It just says Italian. Mm-hmm. Joanna, you're holding things up here. Sorry. Ready, Joanna? Yes. Godfather. Seen it. Godfather 2. Seen it. On the Waterfront. Seen it. Bridge on the River Kwai. Seen it. Dr. Strangelove. Seen it. Dr. Shivago. Haven't seen it. Dr. Strange Shivago. Wait, is that really on there? No. no. Okay. West Side Story. Seen it. Ben Hur. Ugh, seen it. Dances with Wolves. Seen it. The Deer Hunter. Mm, haven't seen it. Goodfellas. Seen it. The Grapes of Wrath. Seen it. These are the grapes, and here's the wrath. To Kill a Mockingbird. Seen it and read it. Saving Private Ryan. Seen it. Failsafe. Haven't seen it. I don't know that I agree with this list. I know. Okay, well, it's the stuff I haven't seen. That's, uh, that's my father-in-law. It sounds like a list that a father-in-law would put together. Yeah. Now I want everybody to put a list of 15 movies together. Mm-hmm. What I noticed was not there. The what? Princess Bride. Oh, my God. Yes. You can't mm-hmm. make a list without mm-hmm. The Princess Bride. Yeah. Father, you should watch Tombstone. <laughs> okay. Um. Did you know, Farley, that Tombstone's also a town in Arizona? Still, uh, you don't know that. Uh, yeah, I, I did, actually. Now, now I do. Yeah. <laughs> Those kind of predicting things, actually, sometimes it's like the more you know, the worse it is. Yeah. Except that I went to Milrose with your cousin and Farley once, and we were just picking. We would pick. Random. You put a dollar in, yeah. and you pick somebody. Yeah. And so I'm just like watching them warm up. I'm like, all right, I'll take that person. And then they start running, and they're like, oh, well, my guy uh one like u.s nationals i was was so like uninformed and these guys these guys are like oh well uh she just set a a, a, an american record last week and i'm like my person is dropping out after three laps like i know nothing about any of these people but i do it is fun to bet and you go to pen relays and you bet on you bet on every i think pen relays is better because you're less informed everybody's less informed yeah i have to say though that i like a mixture of knowing a little bit about the runners and then like i don't make any olympic predictions until i see them so there's some truth to that because then like i don't know like you could like you can see when matthew is not on form but if you just see him on paper you're like oh matthew's gonna win but then you see him warming up and you're like oh he's totally out of this so I didn't like to make all these predictions in advance. And then, you know, I have all these heartstrings for the Americans. Right. So I like want Shelby Houlihan to win something. But I'm like, is this a realistic yeah. bet? Joanna, do you know how you pick a, a dog at the dog track? How? One poops right yep. If it, if it poops right before the race, it, it's, it, it wins. And they, they'll line it up and you, you see that. That's also how I pick distance runners. 